notification uh, every time we come out with a new video and where it all goes down. And this is a prime opportunity. Do not miss the 75% off annual subscription. It does not get any better than this deal. If you've been on the fence, if you've been waiting, you know, for the season to start or the fall to pick up, now is the time to take advantage of this deal. You get not only access to the Michigan Insider on 24-7 Sports and everything that we do on the site, but the entire 24-7 Sports network, any team site, any VIP message board on the network, you can go get that inside intel and be up to speed on what's going on, not just with the University of Michigan, but anyone they play and all the teams across the college football landscape and basketball landscape for that matter. Uh, now, with that out of the way, let's welcome in the team, the crew, the best crew in the land, starting off with Mr. Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Good, Sam. Just trying to enjoy the last few weeks of uh, the summer off season here before things really ramp up. So, Yeah, man, it almost kind of feels, at least to me, I guess they died out a little bit in July with the coaches going on vacation, but you had some big decisions kind of coming down the, coming down the pike here, which we'll start off talking about, but before we do that let's welcome in bryce marriage bryce how are you good good um been working on my grilling skills and uh i feel like i'm doing pretty good i i don't i know michigan caught some you know some stuff about the whole food thing i i want to i want to address that just real quick they had other options but when you're dealing with 16 15 year old kids do you know what tenders and do you know what the other options were yes they had barbecue Okay. Yes. Yeah. I haven't actually checked on the menu. Yeah. I mean, I don't have the full menu. I'm sorry. And I, I don't, you know, photo evidence of the spread, but yes, they had more than chicken tenders and hey man, we, solo cooking and whatever. They got Aaron Bills doing the photo shoots, man. Aaron, you got to do a photo shoot of the food spread. <laughs> now I guess up, man. So. <laughs> you, you had a Sam, you had other networks writing stories. Yeah. About that, Michigan's. That. It looked like that, like craft box macaroni and cheese too, like on the oh. plate. I mean, nothing about that plate. I, I you know, how are you not yeah, getting good. out in front of that? How are you not getting out in front of that one? You know, uh, so and I'll be honest, and I'll be honest. Red flag, and no condiments. I'm the I'm the glizzy. It was a little. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, that was a tough. Uh, one. That was a that tough. Was tough. So, from a social media perspective, you know, lesson learned, right? Next year, next barbecue, they're going to have a photographer just for the spread. I guarantee <laughs> they won't get caught slipping again. Trust me on that one. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. You said there was barbecue there. I wonder exactly. We'll they had all their options. Exactly. exactly what all the options were. We'll bring them to you on the board. Uh, but some losses that have come up here of late over the last couple of days. It was Aaron Scott and Bennett Warren, two prospects that at one point in time, uh, Michigan led for, and only to see those leads dissipate with the teams that both those kids wound up visiting after the Michigan visit. That's who Michigan wound up losing those kids to. You hope that's not an indicator of what's to come with another prospect we'll talk about. But Aaron Scott, an Ohio kid, started out in Ohio lean. Uh, you know, Michigan did a good job of swinging the pendulum uh, and really was strong after the visit, as we indicated. On, on, I guess it might have been the last episode. He uh, he came in and said, "If Ohio State makes it hard, it, wait, right now I'm planning to decide on the fourth. If they make it hard, I'm gonna decide on the thirtieth on my dad's birthday." When he came out of that Ohio State visit, moved it down to the thirtieth. That was obviously really good for Ohio State. 
uh, things were trending seeming seemingly seriously in their direction. And then I got a call from Wilt Fong the night before his announcement said the kid said he's leaning Michigan and gave Michigan quotes, right? I, at the end, I don't know if that means you guys give me your take. Was that the kid doing an, another smoke screen, taking the Ohio State jersey out of the bag? Or was he torn at the end? I think that's an interesting footnote. Not to, not to you know, he was almost going to go to Michigan. I, look, if he was undecided or on the fence at the end, he was going to go to Ohio State, right? But it's an interesting footnote based on what happens during the season. Because if I'm Michigan, Stephen Bryce, if I'm Michigan, I'm maintaining the I resist the urge to get in my feelings, to feel like, you know, the feeling that I got spurned, got burned. He did a little trolling at the end. I resist the urge to get in my feelings about that because if you get out and bust Ohio State's ass again, like you did the last two seasons, somebody's getting fired. What did Ryan Day do the last time? Michigan, I mean, well, not last year, but the last time they were in Ann Arbor and got that tail whooped, he fired all his guys. So what is he going to do if they get drum, uh, get that, you know, get curb stomped again? I think he's going to fire more guys. I probably not going to lose his job himself, but they're going to demand a pound of flesh. And I think he would look to the defensive side of the ball. And who knows what that might mean for that recruiting class if they wind up losing a few defensive coaches, guys. We'll see. That's why, you know, there's a whole season to be played to see how things play out on the recruiting trail. I mean, this one seemed a lot closer than a lot of them have, right? Like, and I agree. And and I, <laughs> you guys might, I don't, I can't stress this enough. Uh, I think the fans take these losses harder than the staff actually does. I think the staff, right, um, knows that there could, there is a potential long play in this specific recruitment, uh, and there is zero reason to not keep the iron warm or keep the fire warm, however you want to put it. Uh, with Aaron Scott specifically, I, I, I wouldn't say the same about, let's say, like Bryce West right. um, or anything like that, right? But, but with Aaron Scott specifically, uh, this was definitely a contentious race. I think some people would still argue that deep down the kid might have actually preferred Michigan, but there's that pressure for Ohio kids and Ohio State family to to stay home and play uh, for the Buckeyes instead, you know? And um, yeah. Hey, man, look, don't let right? him I was talking to, to Alan about this down the stretch. The Ohio State guys over on Bucknuts didn't know for sure what he was going to do at the end. Like, they yeah. went into that announcement blind. He was supposed to give them some quotes ahead of time for a story, and he didn't. And the person he gave quotes to for a story was Steve Wolfong. And Steve Wolfong had Michigan quotes. So, I mean, it could have all been a, a, a major smokescreen. Or the kid could have really been torn, and it could have been that head versus heart thing that he talked to us about, and he went with his heart, which you would expect if it's really that close at the very end, Bryce. I mean, you know, the other thing, too, is after he took his official in June in Michigan, a lot of the commits for Michigan expressed extreme confidence that he would be in the class. And I think the big thing at that point that I was hearing was now it sounds like the parents might be on board too. I think that's the big thing. But once he returned to Ohio State the following weekend, it was kind of like game over, I felt like. And on top of that, I think the other thing too, Sam, that you laid out 
was his uh dis- decision timeline, you know. I think if he committed July 4th instead of July 30. whatever it was, 30th, it could have been Michigan. But like you said, don't get your feelings in a you know, why. Don't freak out because the long season, Michigan's going to have a great season. They're going to have they're going to rack up the wins. Ohio State's going to rack up the wins, but who knows? They get a couple losses this year. Michigan wins the Big Ten, makes it back to the college football playoffs. They're in the Citrus Bowl. I don't know. They're in another – they're not in, a, you know, the playoffs. A lot could happen. So yeah. you got to keep the iron in the fire. Hey, there's a – you remember we were talking about Notre Dame? Last year, Notre Dame was killing it and killing it in the offseason. And we're like, man, they are recruiting like a machine. You know, better than we've seen Notre Dame recruit. They always recruit well. But we kept saying, wait for the season. Let's see what happens when they actually have to coach games, right? I feel the same way about Ohio State. Let's wait for the season, which is right around the corner, and specifically that Michigan game. Michigan has tremendous momentum. They're at home. And if they roll those guys again, someone is getting fired. I'm just telling you. Book it. Someone is getting fired if Michigan does that again. And if I'm Jim Noah, is it Jim Noah? I don't know who it is. But he, Ryan Day, will he will sacrifice his friends. He has made that very clear. Like He will fire all his guys <laughs> to save himself. So, you know, we will see. We will see what goes on. But he wasn't the only one. Bennett Warren, you know, we Michigan had five offensive line commits. And, and we talked about they, they were leaning from Michael Weenie. They were leading for Bennett Warren. And it just seemed far-fetched, Steve. As good as things were looking for Michigan with those guys, seemed far-fetched they go that they could actually get six or seven in the grand scheme of things. And those guys obviously visited other schools. And in the case of Bennett Warren, who just committed to Tennessee, he visited Tennessee after Michigan, and the balls wind up coming out on top. Yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> and it wasn't a, a situation where – you know, if if you are, if you can get seven four star caliber offensive linemen in your class, you're going to take them. But it's always way easier said than done. Um, you know, these kids have all the confidence in the world in themselves, right? But but at the end at the end of the day, there's still depth chart stuff can still play a role. I know Uini committed to Georgia, who they're going to sign six apparently, so um, a little bit different. But with Bennett Warren. Uh, that was his first visit to Tennessee. One thing about his recruitment, we've known pretty impressionable dude. Um, but it did feel like Michigan was ahead for a decent amount of time in this recruitment. I know when I put in the crystal ball, I bumped it down to four for that specific reason, though, where it was like there was no doubt that Michigan led. And if he was in a position to commit in the near future, it would have been to Michigan. But there was just that slight apprehension that things could change. Um, one visit to Tennessee – did it, but again, the other thing too, Michigan totally recruiting from a position of luxury up front, right? So it is a loss for sure because it's a kid that they really wanted. They really liked him a lot. Uh, but if there's one position way different than the Aaron Scott recruitment, right? I mean, corner is a spot now where there are some questions about what direction Michigan's going to go in. Uh, on the offensive line, I would fully suspect, we were talking about this before we got on, that Michigan is almost assuredly done in 24 up front uh, and we'll focus on 25 where they're in pretty good position with, with a handful of their top guys early on. So definitely a loss. I think he's a high ceiling prospect for sure. 
but again, Michigan's already got a, a really great uh, quintet of, of prospects committed already. So done on offensive line, there will be no adjustment when it comes to or reaction or uh, fallback. I know that, you know, you hate to refer to a kid as a fallback prospect, but no, no plan B's uh, as far as O-line are concerned, is, is concerned. They have that position stocked. Corner, on the other hand, we can really uh, see them expanding the board. I, I know, uh, for instance, that they're recruiting uh, commits to other classes, right? Uh, kind of keeping some things below the radar as far as that's concerned. And then there's a kid, Steve, that you've actually been tracking for a long time, longer than it's been known that he is like a Michigan target. And that's this kid, Jeremiah Lowe. What about him? Yeah, so I think I posted on the board this morning, kind of sort of duffed it up a little bit by not posting. I had talked to him back in May because uh, he was a kid Michigan actually offered in the camp at camp last year. And that was one where Michigan had been – you talk about keeping the fire warm. Uh, he's a kid that Michigan has consistently been recruiting uh, but has had a very quiet recruitment. Not the most highly recruited prospect either if you look at his offer sheet, but he does have offers – from a few good schools. I know a few people on our board made note of uh, Boston College with with Jeff Halfley and um, who's the other guy, Azar Abdur Rahim, the, the guy from uh, the DMV, both pretty highly uh, regarded defensive back type guys um, among those who had offered. And uh, when I checked in with him in May, he said he was still talking to Steve Klink scale quite a bit and was focused on likely taking an official sometime this season. And then, yeah, Will Fong put in a crystal ball for him this morning. Uh, right, coming right off of Aaron Scott's commitment to Ohio State. Uh, so Lowe is definitely a name I think Michigan fans are going to want to keep an eye on. We just have to figure out when he'll be visiting campus and uh, where things will go from there. But we also did mention there's a Klinkscale. Steve Klinkscale has a, a major connection to the, to the Frederick Douglass program in Lexington. That's where his son goes to high school. And uh, Michigan is also recruiting his 2025 teammate, uh, Avion Cheneau at wide receiver, who I think is a stud who's not yet ranked or rated yet. But either way, Jeremiah Lowe, uh, definitely a name to keep an eye on at cornerback for sure. Yeah, and they are, you know, there are other irons in the fire. Uh, guys, they kind of kept below the radar. Guys who, and necessarily so, I mean, especially when you're rec- recruiting commitments to other schools, especially when you're rec- recruiting commitments to other schools in the footprint. Right. So uh, you want to keep that on the low. And I I know that there are some guys that Michigan is tracking and we will uh, when the time is is right and it won't affect things adversely. uh, We'll start bringing uh, a guy, some of those guys to the to the fore over on the Michigan Insider dot com. In the meantime, in between time, uh, there are still some high profile recruitments that Michigan is in on some in better shape than others. This Ryan Wingo. Who uh, who made it in uh, for an official visit back in June? Uh, they looked to get him back for the barbecue. That did not happen, as I believe he went to A and M instead. But he's talking about coming back for the Ohio State game, and you know we'll see how that goes. I think a big deal with him. This is, I think, an important note with a few prospects. So you got Jaden Davis recruiting him really, really hard, right? Michigan all over him. Ron Bellamy doing a great job of, of warming up. But specific to Ryan Wingo, as far as Michigan's place with him, I think is how Jaden Davis does NIL-wise. You know, 
if it can just like guys are looking at JJ and how JJ does, like Jaden's looking at how JJ does. I think that's going to be a big deal for Bryce Underwood, who we're going to talk about uh, as well. You know, when a guy, the guy that's recruiting you, if you can show, if he can see tangible NIL benefit uh, in the aftermath of committing to Michigan, that's a functional thing for a kid who I think NIL is going to be a big deal for these, these five-star recruitments. The majority of them, NIL is going to have some play, some play, some more than others, but it's going to be a factor. And to the extent that you can show NIL success, is what Empower is about. That's what Jim endorsing the Champion Circle Collective is about, right? If you can show a recruit, an unco- a guy who hasn't actually gotten to Michigan yet, by virtue, at least in part, of his commitment to Michigan, seeing some tangible NIL benefits as a result, that is something Michigan can use. That's not them facilitating the deals, but that is them saying, hey, man, look at, hey, he committed to Michigan. Look at all these deals that came his way. So how Jaden does here over the next four or five months before he gets to Michigan NIL-wise, I think is is something that can play a role in how things go, uh, how things go in some of these higher-profile recruitments like Ryan Wingle, but I think you guys agree, you know, this is, this is one of those long shots that like we talked about with Justin Scott back earlier, they wound up actually having a a decent shot at Justin Scott. And I don't think they're quite there with as far there with Ryan Wingle as they were with Justin Scott. I don't even remember. I think, I think with Wingle, I think we maybe talked about it before there was 24 seven national did a graphic of like, the biggest competitors for Ryan Wingo and then like two dark horses. And there were seven schools on the graphic and Michigan wasn't, wasn't even one of them. Um, but he's, he's talked about Michigan. Though. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't, I didn't totally agree with the graphic. It was just, I, I was kind of comical, but yes, twofold one, another kid who, if you're Michigan, there's no reason to not keep it going to see where things go, especially particularly if he's interested in coming back up to campus and uh, B yeah, I mean, let the NIL situation play out a little bit further, right? I mean, it, it feels like things are finally starting, some wheels are finally starting to turn a little bit um, as far as, like, what Michigan's vision appears to be for NIL. Uh, so, yeah, let it play out a little bit. And then, yeah, you keep winning on the field, as we expect Michigan to this season. Um, you host a bunch of big, big-time big names for Ohio State. Maybe we see NIL start to uh, pick up more tangibly maybe in the public eye. And uh, yeah, then these are races that you can get back into, not maybe not get back into, but maybe take a few steps forward. Um, you know, and with Wingo, we expect Michigan to throw the ball a little bit more this year, I would think. Right. So, so there's another little thing that maybe, um, you know, if you're a kid in his position, you're looking at that type of stuff and uh, you know, that can't hurt. So we'll see, but yeah, long shot right now for sure. Okay, um, man. <laughs> so here's one that is not quite as affected by NIL, and that is Gatlin Bear. But as luck would have it, <laughs> this is a classic Steve line, right? The guy who NIL doesn't seem to affect very much, if at all, is the guy that you... Uh, have to fight the home team for it is Boise State. 
Uh, all these other teams on the periphery. You got Nebraska on the periphery. Oregon, you got Dan Lanning recruiting him hard. And I remember, I think I posted this on the board a little while ago after he came out there. It was so much buzz coming out of the Michigan visit. Huge buzz. And the word I got was Dan Lanning was on the phone with him, like, right away. Like, whatever Michigan's doing, we could do it even better, right? And it just, I mean, he's not running track. He's not a huge NIL kid per se. But, you know, NIL's going to, uh, he's a high-profile guy. He'll get NIL. Uh, but it just is not moving. This kid, but you know, we talked about the rest of his list. I mean, he had all the big times on big timers on him, Bryce. You know, his coach, uh, well, he kind of turned all those schools away, right? He's looking at TCU and Boise State, and this it looks like down the stretch here has turned into a Michigan Boise State battle. And Boise State was his last visit. He just came off an unofficial visit there coming off the dead period. Yeah, so uh, Gallon Bear, he's a top 100 wide receiver from state of in, uh, Idaho. Um, same state that produced Colston Loveland. Same head coach that coached Colston Loveland High School. And it's a guy that Jay Harbaugh personally has been recruiting. Ron Bellamy has kind of taken the reins, has really helped in that recruitment. And Ford's a great relationship. And let's let's start back. He went up for that official visit last weekend in June and Michigan knocked out the park. I mean, it was, in my opinion, pretty clear that Michigan was the leader at that point from all the intel I've been receiving. And Michigan at this, at this stage has really covered every facet of his recruitment from, you know, we're going to throw the ball more. Look at the quarterbacks recruiting Jane Davis, Bryce Underwood. I mean, we're working on top, top guys. So you're going to see the ball come your way. Um, we have the Colston Loveland connection from Idaho. So that's a guy he can connect with. And Andrew Gentry. Uh, Gallant Bears can be going on a mission. That's something that get Andrew Gentry did. You know, So that's a connection. And that's something uh, he could kind of relate to and kind of forge, you know, and kind of see where the things were and how Michigan handled that as well. But, yeah, just – just how Michigan drew it up, you know, Boise State, the hometown team, gets a last-second two-day unofficial visit Thursday and Friday, and now it's 50-50, and I've been hearing that for a while <laughs> with Boise State, Michigan. But the Man. latest – and here's the thing. The pendulum is like this, but latest intel we're receiving is the slight edge might be to Boise State right now. There's, there's several days and there's time. Michigan still can continue working on him. But at the moment, if I had to put a pick in, I think I'd lean towards the hometown team of Boise State. Yeah, you know, you have a lot of factors on your side, though. You got Coach Anderson, who I think is, is gung-ho about Gatlin uh, at Michigan. You got Colston who is like a dude. I mean, Harbaugh shouted him out at, at Big Ten Media Day. He's like, man, this dude does not know how good he is. He's <laughs> he's just scratching the surface, and he's already making big plays out there against Ohio State, right? So you you got a kid from Idaho who's shown you can come and do it on that level and, and not change you, right? You don't have to change who you are to go to Michigan and – and, and be successful. I think that is a, a major selling point. I think Ron Bellamy has done a great job uh, kind of 
getting the baton from from Jay Harbaugh, who did a tremendous job getting this started. So you got multiple coaches who have made an impact. You got his high school coach, who was a connection. You got a player as well. And I think Michigan had real momentum. So did they swing him enough with this last visit for him not to let that new glow wear off and then it swing back to Michigan is a major question. Because I tell you what I heard coming out of that visit, I know many people that were around that weekend, man, that visit was amazing. Like his his Michigan visit was off the charts. It was off the charts. Like they checked every freaking box, right? Uh, with the kid, with his family. Um, you know, it's unless he just really has warmed up to those coaches at Boise uh, that much more, I just, I wouldn't give up hope on Michigan on this one just yet. Uh, you know, we'll see. There are a few more days left. He's set to make his decision on the 5th. I heard, like you did, that coming out of that Boise State trip, he's a slight lean to Boise State. But, man, you want to be more than a slight lean coming out of a visit, right? You want to be a heavy lean, wouldn't you think, Steve? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I had to look up who Boise State's coach was now. Um don't really know much about about them anymore. It feels like that Statue of Liberty game was like 35 years ago. Um, but, yeah, I, I just – like I said, only Michigan uh, in some of these recruitments, right? I mean, I guess that's sort of the price you pay when you recruit every corner of the country. Uh, I mean, Michigan has recruited Idaho pretty hard the last few classes. You know, you got Colson Loveland, you had uh, Kenyon Sadiq in, in 23, and then you have – uh, Gatlin Bear this cycle. So, yeah, I mean, just it is kind of comical, though, uh, that this would be the school they're battling. But as you said, Sam, even as he narrowed things down, it was not a it was not your who's who of uh, the top football programs in the country, right? Uh, it was, it was like, yeah, Nebraska, TCU, Oregon, Michigan, and, and Boise State. So, and he had everybody. He, he could go literally anywhere he wants to go. Um, you know, the fact those are his final five says that it's a different recruitment either way. Um, so, but I agree though. That's a good point about, you know, we've seen the afterglow, uh, plenty of times coming out of some, some Michigan visits with some kids, you know, and the fact if, if it's still this close and he just walked off of Boise state's campus, what yesterday or the other day, um, not as if Michigan's not going to be going all out here. I mean, he's got to be one of the top two or three players. I know he projects the 26 because of his, uh, mission, but just, in this recruiting cycle, the effort they're putting in right now, I mean, he's got to be right up there with the last couple guys in this, you know, if not number one, really. I mean, just because he's got a potential uh, just to be totally different um, at his position. So, yeah, no, it'll be uh, – sounds like a race to the finish, uh, which will be fascinating. And, yeah, if you're a Michigan fan, I think you're hoping it goes the other way uh, after we just got done talking about – a couple that did not, uh, you're probably crossing your fingers that this one goes the other way. Right. All right. So then uh, that kind of leads us into another big target who this kind of can get us into the barbecue discussion. We can, uh, we can talk, I mean, we can talk about the barbecue guys for a, a couple episodes. So we'll, we'll run through a few of the top, top guys here. Uh, but Zaquan Patterson, well, one of the top guys left on the board and, in 24, Bryce back on campus again with his teammate Chris Ewald. And uh, 
uh, Michigan obviously one of the top teams. Michigan has been telling him they aren't thinking linebacker at all for some reason. I'm still confused why some teams have talked to him about linebacker, right? But talking safety, even some corner, they like him that much. So what about Zaquan coming out of this latest visit to Michigan? Yeah, top 100 DB from the state of Florida. Um Hales from the same school, like you said, as Chrissy Wald. Super, super talented kid, Sam, that Jay Harbaugh and Steve Klingscale have been all over for months, months, and months. He's got a, also a relationship with Denard Robinson, who has great ties to Southern Florida, as we all know. <clears throat> and, you know, the other thing with this is Michigan's going to have to battle trying to – we always talk about the parents, but you got to sway the parents. And now this is his second time up to Michigan with his mom. And that's a big deal because mom really hasn't been to too, too many schools. Miami's been one of them. And for her to come up a second time is kind of a big deal. Um, I talked, I just recently talked to him, had a great time, really enjoyed his time. He had did some position stuff, kind of worked out with Jay Harbaugh, Steve Klingscale. And then worked him at different positions. And he also got to run into Charles Woodson, which is a pretty good defensive back if you're going to run into. And, you know, who knows a thing or two about Michigan. And at this point, he told me, you know, I think right now he's looking to make another trip to Michigan, preferably for the Ohio State game, make it an official visit. That recruitment's going to go probably into signing day kind of later on in the season. And right now, I know Miami's a huge threat. That's a school he's been to a lot. That's a close school. He's got many friends and other relatives and people he knows that have been to Coral Gables. And then Auburn. I know Auburn has been kind of on a hot streak right now, and that's a school he also has recently visited. So those are the other two schools in Michigan. But Michigan right now is in the thick of things for Zaquan, and I think they're trending up in the right direction. I think they're in the top three, if I had to say right now. But I wouldn't call him the leader. But this was another good step, getting him on campus and hopefully getting him back again. Yeah, man, that's a huge one. Huge one, huge one, huge one. As, as guys have fallen off the board, the guys who are left, their their importance gets magnified. And then you still got guys that are lingering, just kind of hanging out like Brian Robinson. Who, who knows how things might work out in the grand scheme of things. He. You might wait around long enough where, where it's, you know, class size is not a factor, right? We'll see how that works out in the grand scheme of things. But let's let's run through a couple of these barbecue guys real quick before we talk about Bobby Kanka, uh, the latest Michigan commitment. Uh, but the biggest name, the two biggest names uh, at the barbecue were the 2025 five stars. And they are huge. You can make an argument that, you know, they're one and one A as far as the number one player in the class. But David Sanders currently has that rank. First time I saw him, I remember calling Steve Wolfong. It was last May, not May of 23, but May of 22. And I saw this kid. I went down there to see, you know, Channing Goodwin, Ship, and Jaden Davis. And I remember looking at David Sanders. He was 240 pounds at the time. But I was like, man, that dude is a five-star. I called Will Fong right away. I don't do rankings. Steve, this is a dude. Make no mistake about it. I mean, he was leading every drill. 
you know, out front. I mean, whether they were, you know, running the perimeter drill, where they run around the field, the sprints, the sprint drills, he was he was out front, super athletic. And then when I saw him during the season, I think I went to three PD games, and he looked as, as good at defensive end as he did at all, as offensive tackle. Knew right away this dude is special. Michigan was the first offer, but they hadn't been able to get him on campus until – uh, last weekend, Bryce. So you had some schools with a head start. You know he'd been uh, he'd been to Tennessee, he'd been to Ohio State, he'd been to USC, right? He obviously been to UNC several times. He'd been to Bama three times. He'd been to Georgia three times. So Michigan had some ground to make up on this visit. But boy, talking to Dave, talking to little Dave, talking to Big Dave, and talking to Mom, Michigan did a hell of a job with the Sanders family on this, on this trip. Sam, we've had a lot of guys come in the TMI studio. And I told you after we did the interview with him today, by far the most impressive interview we've done. And not just from a Michigan perspective, but just, just the person himself, you know, super impressed with David, super impressed with the family comes from great people. And a guy that I think fits Michigan's culture to a T. Ironically, you know, you know, he joked he's been to North Carolina a hundred times. He's been to Alabama three times. He's been to Georgia three times. But every time he scheduled a visit to Michigan, something's came up. So I think Michigan was just so happy to finally get him up on campus. He joked that they rolled out the blue carpet for him. This was a five-star visit overall from start to finish. And the biggest thing for him, Sam, that he we I kind of took away, and I think you would take away from our conversation with him, was just how authentic and genuine the people in Ann Arbor, let alone the people inside the building are. And they could really feel the realness and not the fakeness. You know, and they've been on so many visits coast to coast that they know if someone's selling them some BS or if they're not. And they could tell that Michigan is real. They, you know, they really care for him or whoever on and off the field. This is not just, hey, you're coming here to be a football player and that's all you're offering to us. No, they, they're looking at you as much more as an individual person on and off the field. And I think that really resonated with him, with Pops, with Mom for sure. As of now, I think Michigan's got some work to do in this recruitment, but this was a huge first step. They made a great impression. Sharon Moore did a great job as well. Jim Harbaugh, and then Coach Ben Herbert, the strength and conditioning coach, he raved about him, how intensive and how much he learned just from his time with him, just a short time with him, and what he can take away back to Providence Day. Overall, this was a great first step for Michigan. And a recruitment that going into this trip, Sam, I didn't think Michigan had much of a shot personally. One, he hadn't been up there, but two – it's just there's so many big schools after him. But after talking to him for over an hour, you could see just the twinkle in his eye when he talked about Michigan. And you could see this is a school he's going to seriously consider to the end as well. Yeah, he's feeling them. He's feeling them big time uh, for sure. They did a whale of a job, which they tend to do. And, Steve, you talked about this forever. When they get a kid on campus, they do a great job, right? And so uh, they did, uh, and an entire staff. And that was one of the things that he really stressed. Like every every staff member he ran into knew who he was, greeted him, 
right, made it a point to, you know, not just exchange pleasantries, but but really greet and talk to him. And as you singled out, he singled out Ben Herbert. Um, you know, he talked a lot about Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh spent, uh, he, he said, we were supposed to spend 30 minutes with him. It wound up being an hour and a half meeting uh, instead. So that really impressed him that Jim took that much time. And uh, But the vibe with, with Sharon is real. I mean, Sharon was the first to extend an offer. And this was really his first time, his first opportunity to get face-to-face with him. And I think he can really see from a personality perspective, they really, really connect. So uh, great, great first step. They got to keep building. I think the next step in the in the staircase, if you will, in that recruitment for Michigan is getting them back on campus. And he's pointing to the Ohio State game. Right. Dude's, dude's not going to make a decision anytime soon. You got to be in the game. And then, again, I'll get back to what I said before, Steve. He'll be able to look. He made it a point to stress that NIL is not the factor. So I want to stress that in my commentary. He said, you know, I'm not going to make my decision based on NIL. But this is me just giving a broad brush perspective like on all these kids. You know, if if you're an outlier, if you're a significant outlier with a kid like this, I I, I think it it affects you adversely to the point where your chances are diminished greatly. This is why I think what Jaden Davis does NIL-wise it, uh, talk about it impacting Ryan Wingo. I think it impacts this kid even more. To to be able to show a tangible benefit in the aftermath of him committing to Michigan, uh, to be able to show what he does when he gets to Michigan, right, as a, as an early guy. I mean, all these things are going to play, I think, a major, major factor in helping to bolster Michigan's NIL case. So they make NIL presentations to these kids, make no mistake, they're presenting the Empire Empower program that uh, that that Chris Partridge and John Rachi put together. They, you know, they talk about the the collective support that they get, obviously with Champion Circle with Jim Harbaugh just endorsed. And then you point to how your guys are doing. You can't lay out how much they're making per se. You, I mean, the kids themselves will have to do that. But you can say, man, JJ's doing well. Right. You know, Blake's doing well. The more examples you have like that. And if you can start throwing in recruits that do well, Steve, and especially a recruit that's a teammate, that would bode well for you in a recruitment like this. Yeah, he's I mean, NIL might not be the main factor, but for a kid of that caliber, there's no way it's not going to be something like it's not going to be part of the process. Um, I think at this point you would be remiss as a prospect in his position to not uh, try to take advantage of your, of your situation. Right. I mean, there's, there is no zero shame in a kid of his caliber. To, if he did come out and said, NIL will be the factor in my recruitment. Um, so yeah, only other thing I'd add about David Sanders is uh, Sam, you said he was 240 when you saw him as a sophomore, he still looks 240 right he is insane as a physical specimen i mean he looks like a tight end honestly like right like but he's not yeah i mean he's not he's not what is he two i don't even know where he's at right now two i think think he said he's like 265 270 now yeah no i mean just a special special talent for sure so yeah i saw that i saw his pictures he posted i'm like yeah, dude, looks still looks like he still got that same physical build that he did like, like a year or two ago but you know he's He's packed on the pounds, so um, we'll be fascinating to see a kid like that in a couple of years when he's up to 290, 295, you know, like what 
type of physical prospect he's going to look like. So, uh, but yeah, Michigan did what they needed to do on this visit, but yeah, definitely one that uh, it's going to be a marathon for sure. So, so Bryce Underwood was back uh, on the heels of him. I mean, the, the, the best prospect out of Michigan, I don't think it's an exaggeration say since Drew Henson. Uh, I mean, that all the dude does is win. And you talk about a dude who he's 15 years old and he looks 25. I mean, he like you look at this dude, you you think you're looking at a grown man until you you kind of look at him in the face and you hear him talk. You know, he's a kid. But boy, he is a man child. And every school in the country is on him. He's coming off another trip to to LSU. I said this on my morning show. I wonder what LSU's pitch. Like, LSU can't be using Joe Burrow, can they? Because, I, I mean, my next question would be, okay, where are the guys that coach Joe Burrow around? <laughs> I'd be looking I be looking down at hallways for the coaches who coach Joe Burrow because they aren't at LSU right now, right? So, for, for Michigan, though, uh, the getting him on campus, I want to say he's been on campus like six times here over the spring and summer. It has been... He's been a regular, like his dad said they would be. And so you get to the point where you're like, okay, when you come to campus that many times, it's not, you know, it's not the bells and whistles anymore. It's not the point where, like, what are you looking for at that point? And that's one of the things that I touched on with his quarterback coach, Donovan Dooley, who, who was with him on uh, Sunday. Uh, but then the, the Underwoods came back Monday because mom didn't come on Sunday. So they were back on Monday, back-to-back visits. And so, you know, anything that mom missed on Sunday, she got a chance to see on Monday. I, I imagine, you know, my gut tells me that a big part of that uh, was in power. Uh, that's a big part of, of what Michigan is, is, is presenting. Because you got to show, you got to show attention to, the NIL space in Michigan is, is really doing that, uh, kind of highlighting the opportunities that would come to a student athlete at the University of Michigan. But then there's also the piece uh, about getting more into the weeds as far as Kirk Campbell and his, his QB development, uh, you know, what he's working on with J.J. and kind of seeing that, seeing that, uh, seeing evidence of that, being on, on spring film and diving into what he's working on with JJ in in a very um you know detailed way. I think those are the things you pick up when you come six times. So Michigan very much in this race, as you guys well know, they were out of it. That was stressed to me again. They were out of it before the change to Kirk Campbell. Uh as as Dooley told me, he said, You seen the show Saved by the Bell? He said, Yeah, Michigan was saved by the Campbell. <laughs> He said Michigan was saved by the Campbell uh, here. So he said it. It's a quote. It's that's pretty good. That's pretty good, actually. That's that's really clever. I like that one. It's a quote, uh, man. That's going to go viral. That's got to go viral. That's got to go viral. He said they were done. They had no shot uh, before there was a change at the quarterback coach. Man, wow. Woo. So, But they are very much in this. And, and so this is the other thing. The other thing that is important to highlight, it was made, if there was one big takeaway that was different this last visit, is that they made it clear that they're waiting on Bryce. Like, if there could be any of these other 25 questions, because 
Michigan has not put all their eggs in the in the Underwood basket. McIntyre, um, Montgomery, um, Achilles Smith Jr. I mean, they're recruiting other quarterbacks. But if any of those quarterbacks were to call tomorrow and say, I want to come to Michigan, Michigan give them a stiff arm. They give them a stiff arm right now. And they say, we're waiting on Bryce. Now, that is not, that is not a misguided play for two reasons. Number one, the likelihood that any of those kids are going to be ready to call Michigan in the fall. They're 25s. The likelihood they'll be ready to make a decision this fall is low, right? Uh, but, hey, you aren't going to be waiting long on Bryce. Bryce is going to make his decision. I think the date he said was January 6th. So you will know what direction you need to go in very early relatively or early enough, relatively speaking, in a 25 cycle to be able to pivot to one of your other guys uh, and still be in good shape recruiting him. So that was the big take, at least for me. The big takeaway is they made it clear to him, we are waiting on you. And any quarterback that they haven't expressed that to yet, Bryce, I think they'll be hearing that message very soon. Yeah. Kurt Campbell, man, he's done a great job. And this is a recruitment that Michigan um, is kind of resurrected from the dead. I mean, they were on life support. I think that's fair to say yeah. back in the winter. And it's uh, it's a recruitment that, I, you know, I – Here's the thing, Sam and Steve, I've been hearing buzz back in the wintertime when Kirk got hired, and they're like, Michigan, that's a team you might want to watch for Bryce Underwood. And I'm like, let's let's temper expectations. Let's kind of see how things progress. And slowly but surely, and what my mom always tells me, actions speak louder than words. What's he been doing? He's been coming up to campus. He's been spending time. Now he's got, you know, seven on seven teammates committed to Michigan, like Jeremiah Beasley, who's his actual high school teammate, Jacob Odin, guys that he knows around the area that are involved in the program. Will Johnson, he knows all these guys from there. And last but not least, I think the biggest piece to this puzzle, still when I look at this recruitment, is Jane Davis and his family basically saying, that's fine, you know. If you want to come here, that's completely fine. We we accept the challenge. We accept that. We have no issues with that. Because, Sam, bottom line is, if Jane Davis said, no, this is not going to work for me, that's gonna that's a huge wrinkle in this recruitment, how you handle it, how you juggle it. And Michigan has not had any issues on that regard. So, yeah, I, I know LSU's in the thick of it. I still think Alabama is another team to watch. Absolutely. And uh, probably even more schools are going to emerge as well. But right now, Michigan is just doing everything you're looking for in this recruitment. And they're making it clear you're our number one guy. And I think that overall is really affecting and resonating with him, his family, and everyone in his circle as well. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State, they've been all over him too. But it doesn't get any bigger than this one, Steve. <laughs> I mean, there's, there have been some big-time recruitments in the state of Michigan. There have been some big-time recruits for me. I don't know that there's been a bigger recruit for Michigan in the last decade than than, than Bryce Underwood, at least than Bryce Underwood. I mean, biggest recruit in the Harbaugh era, uh, in my opinion. I mean, J.J. was 
was obviously very big, but this is an in-state kid. This is, I, I mean, this is a huge recruit for, for Michigan. It's huge because he's legitimately interested in Michigan now too, right? Look, looking back now, it, it really looks more and more like Dante Moore just wanted to find a place where he could play right away, you know, with committing to Oregon and then, then going to UCLA instead. Um, UCLA, not a program you would be expecting five-star quarterbacks to um, kind of be running to necessarily. So in retrospect, it's, that seemed like a, a long shot for Michigan in a few different capacities. But, but Bryce Underwood's interest in Michigan uh, is very real. I would add, and I think we've mentioned this before, uh, also have to credit Steve Clinkscale, right, for, for sort of keeping the door open at Belleville, too, in this recruitment. Um, I think similar to maybe how you described the Gatlin Bear recruitment, Sam, as far as Jay Harbaugh kind of opening the door and then Ron Bellamy sort of taking it from there. Uh, I think Clink Scale maybe handed this one off to Kurt Campbell, who has absolutely um, killed it in this recruitment so far. So, yeah, no, I mean, this is one where all of a sudden Michigan is right there, if not ahead. I mean, I'd almost argue the fact that he made it back to Ann Arbor after being in Baton Rouge earlier in the weekend is a good sign in itself um, considering how many times he's been to Ann Arbor, sort of, right? I mean, he's been there for a seven on seven. He's, he's been around. Uh, the fact he came back in again, I think is, is a really good sign for Michigan. And uh, yeah, this is one where you just got to keep chipping away. And, and, but yeah, at the same time though, now the pressure is rising in this recruitment because he's this good, because he's an in-state guy and because he's definitely interested in Michigan now uh, in a big time way. So uh, yeah, this will be one that people will be tearing their hair out about uh, until he makes a decision. But, but yeah, I mean, as of right now, uh, it just feels like Michigan has gradually steadily trended upwards in this one now for probably the last, what, three or four months, if not a little bit longer. So uh, yeah, credit to credit to multiple members of the Michigan staff for uh, really not just getting them back in this one, but, but possibly putting them, at the forefront. Yeah. All right. So we waited till the end to, to take a pause. Like I said, we can, we can get so deep into the other barbecue guys and we will do that in the next episode. For now, we're going to take a pause because when we come back on the other side, we're going to hear from the latest commitment from the university of Michigan. who made it in studio to discuss that commitment out of Howell, Michigan, uh, a, an outstanding line prospect by the name of Bobby Kanka. So stay tuned. When we come back on the other side, we will hear from the latest commitment to the 25 class for the Michigan Wolverines, Bobby Kanka, on the other side of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
And we are back, folks, with a special guest on this week's edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider, a young man we've been watching, man, seems like a couple years now, a kid I first heard about years ago, before he was a top high school prospect, he was that guy that Sean Patterson and Shea Patterson were telling me about back in the day, look out for this kid, Bobby Kanka, they were right, Sean, you were right, you know, Shea, you were right, because he absolutely turned into one of the top players, not just in the state of Michigan, but in the entire country. And he has his announcement news today. So first things first, Bobby, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming on by. So why don't you share with the fans uh, what your decision is? Yeah, you know, Michigan. It's been Michigan since day one, but I'm committed now, so it's official. So ready, ready to rock and roll. So take me through when you came to the decision. When did you know that Michigan was the place? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really a, just a blink of an eye moment. It was... I kind of, I've known for a year, two years, ever since I really walked into the stadium, I was like, I know I'm going here. <laughs> I mean, I listened to the coaches. They told me to take my time and, you know, just be slow with it, make sure you're making the right decision. But I've always known it's been Michigan, but, you know, I just didn't want to wait any longer. You know, mm -hmm. I felt like it was home. I know it's home. So I was like, you know what, let's just do it and get it done. So, so take me through how you told the coaches and what, how they reacted when you told them. Yeah, I... I think Elson, Coach Elson, has known for a while that I'm his guy and I'm going to be I'm going to be a Michigan Wolverine, but I hadn't made it official yet. And so this this past week, I texted him and just kind of said, you know, me and my family want to come in and you know meet with you and Coach Harbaugh before the or before the barbecue and just let you know where my mind's at. And I think from that point on, he he kind of knew. But uh, yeah, we told him in an individual meeting with him, but then we had a meeting with Coach Harbaugh and just kind of broke the news that way. And he was. Super excited, just normal Coach Harbaugh, but it was, it was good. It was a good day. So, you know, obviously since, uh, since Mike, since Coach Elson yeah. got here, mm -hmm. he, you've been a guy who he's had his eye on. So give me, take me into that relationship and kind of the connection yeah. and vibe with him. I mean, ever since I first met him, it was a, I, could, I got the big family vibe from him. Just like you seeing, I've been back-to-back -back barbecues with him, so just seeing him interact with his family is huge to me, seeing how he treats his girls and, his wife, it just, it, my mom would say this, but she's, he's the type of coach that he would, or that my mom would let me go be with for four years. So mm -hmm. that relationship that I've built with him is just priceless to me right now. And it's just, I can just tell that when I go there, he's going to help me develop as a man and as a football player. So you got a chance to go around a bit. I know you said you always kind of knew it was yeah. Michigan, but who kind of finished, would you say, second in the race? Uh, I don't really think there was a second. To be honest, I think it was just, Michigan's Michigan. just way up there, but <laughs> Penn State showed a lot of love. Um, Kansas is, Tennessee is. So, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's Michigan has always been one, and it really hasn't been close since since the first time I went there. Yeah, so we've obviously known about you for a while, right? Uh, hearing about you from the Pattersons, we know Brian Lewis real yeah, well, yeah. right? Uh, so we know about you, but the fans might not know. Them. Yeah. They will now. They're going to yeah. come out to see you. But tell people what they'll see when they come see Bobby Kanka play. Uh, on the field? On the field. You know, I I just like to dominate. That, that's the part of football I love. It isn't just football. I, I like beating people. So asserting dominance in that that aspect is really fun to me. But, I mean, it's not just defense or offense. I do both ways, play 99% of the game. And so you'll just see me beating up on people every play and just, you know, asserting dominance and making plays for my team that's trying to go do big things. So height and weight, I mean, it seems like you're bigger every time yeah. I see you, man. <laughs> yeah. So what are you up to now? I'm six four and a half barefoot, and I'm 260 pounds right now. So has Coach Elston kind of talked to you about 
where he envisions you lining up yeah. on the defensive yeah. front, or is that kind of a moving target? Uh, I mean, he's told me, but I, we also both understand that you know things can change based on how I grow. But he sees me as a big, athletic, 300-pounder that can play D-tackle for him, uh, use my length, defeat blocks, and that type of stuff. But he compared me a lot to uh, Chris Jenkins' position right now. Mm -hmm. So being versatile, being able to play the one, the three, and the five if I need to. Just He doesn't really have a pinpoint spot for me exactly yet, but he just knows I can play D-line. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so obviously, you know, I mentioned it at the beginning, but I'm curious. Did you know all the way back to when you were going to the Patterson's tailgate that Michigan is where you got? Did you know that far back, or was it was it more uh, recent? I wouldn't say I knew, but, I mean, it was always a dream. Like I, I said to one other reporter, I was like, we would go home from youth football games, and first thing we'd do is turn on the, the TV and watch Michigan football. So it's always been a dream. And we used to always go to the spring games back when there were practices back in the uh, – in the big house. So I've got pictures all the way back from there, but I always just kind of knew that that's where I want to go and mm -hmm. that's where I want to play football at. So uh, a part of this uh, this journey is Coach Harbaugh, Coach Elston. Well, yeah. What about Coach Herbert? I know that's yeah. a, that had to be a big part of your decision, oh, too. Oh, yeah. I, I had my first real weight room experience with him this past barbecue, and it was like, it was eye-opening. I took home three or four things to do every day just to be better and be more prepared for when I get in there. But, uh, we did a whole weight room session with him, and just it's he's not one of those guys that's going to antagonize you or make fun of you for doing certain things, but he he truly wants to see you be the best athlete you can be, and I could I could see that just in the short 30-minute session we had with him, and I was in there, and I left, and I didn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. like I could just tell I'd be in there every single day, just wanted to be better with him, just just... His knowledge of the weight room is just nuts. And training is in your blood. Why don't you tell the people about your dad? You yeah. Know, I know he had a big, obviously, yeah. is having a big hand in, yeah. in molding you as a player yeah. and as a young man, but certainly as a player. What about yeah. your dad? Yeah, my dad, All-American, Hall of Famer at Hillsdale College, um, had a couple years in the NFL with the Steelers and Lions and just one of the strongest in the country. Benched over 500 pounds, squatted 700 pounds, deadlifted 800 pounds. It was just power lifter is in my in my, mm -hmm. in my genes so I guess growing up with that I mean we started working out not heavy but seventh eighth grade just kind of getting the form down so when I get up to heavier weights I'm all set to get ready to go but having that that father figure in the weight room is huge to go downstairs and work out and be able to spend time with them and do that type of stuff just because I know not many other people are doing that with their dads it's kind of cool mm -hmm. but uh that's been big he's been a big part along my journey it's just watching him going to Hillsdale games, being on the sidelines with him and watching him still yelling on the field, <laughs> losing his mind. So so how yeah. is he, how is, you know, any dad who is yeah. a, a player, yeah. a player or a coach, is like the same thing. Yeah. When they watch their kids play, it's always interesting to hear how they are. Yeah. Is it when, when Tom is watching yeah. you play, is it dad or is it coach? Like which hat do you kind of see him wearing when, when he's watching When you? I'm uh, – so when I was in youth football, he was actually our coach. And so I got two separate stories. The first one is youth football, and uh, I actually I tackled a tackle for loss, and it was a safety, but they didn't call it a safety. So my dad's running on the field, losing his mind, <laughs> throwing his headset, yelling, it's a safety. And uh, this was in fourth or fifth grade, and we're playing playoff game. And so that was that side of time. And then now in high school, he gets more anxious because he wants to see it. He loves football. Mm -hmm. and, we both get it when we drive around the football field. We just get anxious. Like it's just we're just ready to go. And so when I'm playing under the lights on Friday, he doesn't he doesn't sit down. 
And he, that's like his reputation. I got a bunch of friends whose dads are like, yeah, I don't talk to Tom during games. <laughs> so he walks around the, the fence. We got a fence around the field to walk around, yell at me. I can hear his voice clear as day on the field. I've made a couple plays because of his voice, hearing it, just like here. They're running a QB sneak, and they ran a QB sneak. And so that's that side of Tom where he's just off on his own little bubble watching football. So Yeah, I hear that, man. That is beautiful, yeah. by the way. Yeah. All right, so – I imagine this is, you know, recruiting, it can be fun and yeah. exciting, but it can also be a little bit of a strain. You sense this will yeah. kind of take some pressure off and then just allow you to just focus on your upcoming seasons? Yeah, I, I've had a good conversation with my head coach about it. I mean, I, like I said, I always kind of knew it was Michigan, but you still got to deal with all the other stuff that is coming in, and, you know, you still got to be respectful, obviously, to the other coaches and grateful, but um, it definitely takes some weight off your shoulders just knowing you don't have to go out and try to earn that scholarship every time you know they believe in you enough to do it, and now you just got to go out and do your thing and prove mm-hmm. to them. But uh, it definitely takes some weight off your shoulders just being able to sit back and not have to return all the phone calls. Right. And <laughs> I got my first little uh, hint of that today with August 1st, uh. so I can already feel it, but, you know, I'm I'm locked in, ready to go. I hear you. All right, yeah. so give me an outlook for, for this season yeah. uh, for you individually and for Howell collectively. Yeah, uh, we're a really young team, Howell. So we lost a bunch of guys last year, but, you know, our young guys are, are studs. And so most of our captains this year are going to be juniors. And we just – I couldn't ask for a better group of guys to build a team around and a program around, and that's, that's why I went to Howell. It's because I saw Coach Lewis. He's, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a man to do it around. I saw what he was building. I knew. I'm like, I'm going to go help build that thing with you. So, you know, we're trying to find our identity right now and just show us, show people what we're doing and how and put us back on the map. So how did B. Lou respond when you told him you were going to Michigan? I mean, I, he's deep down. He's really happy. But, you know, he's always been, I'm going to let you do your thing. And, you know, but every time I talk to him, it's, you know, well, Michigan does this. So... <laughs> But, you know, Coach right. Lewis has always been great about it. You couldn't ask for a better coach to be around during this process. All right, so, Bobby, uh, as we wrap things up, your recruitment is out of the way. Yeah. But is recruiting over for you from this standpoint? Are you a recruiter? Are you going to recruit other guys to the class? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to play with the best, be with the best. That's how you be the best. So we want to go to Michigan, win national championships, and the way you do that is get good guys around you, not just talent-wise, but good guys around you like Ted Hammond. I want to get more guys like that. Mm-hmm. I want to play on the field with guys like that. So, you know, I'll be doing my part behind the scenes, getting those guys here with me. So, yeah. Do you have any guys off the top of your head that you know you'll be targeting? Um, Zachary Green is a stud. And he's, he's under the radar right now, but I've, I've worked out with him a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he's going to be a player. And I'm excited because he was hurt last year. And I'm excited to see what he does on the field this year. But uh, he's, he's going to be one of those guys for mm-hmm. sure. You talked to Avery, Avery Gack, any? Yeah, any? yeah. I've seen him uh, three or four times in the past year mm-hmm. on certain visits and stuff, but he's a great guy, be a big masher on the O-line, but uh, he'd definitely be another guy that I'd go after being so close to me. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So if we're circling games on the schedule, I already got one circle personally, yeah. but if people are like, I want to go watch yeah. Bobby play, you probably say anything, but what would be the top games as you look ahead to the schedule? Uh, you know, we play we play Brighton on their homecoming this year. They took the jug back home last year, so we're trying to trying to go back over there and take it back because I know we got a got a better team this year, and we I know we can do it, do it on their homecoming, ruin that for them. And, <laughs> right. 
Come out to that one. We'll be ready hey, to Bryce, go. Hey, Bryce, what's my man's name at Plymouth? The lineman at Plymouth. I think that's going to be a big matchup. Cotton, kid. yeah. Yeah, Cotton. Idris Cotton. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I think that's going to be one. Yeah. Get your popcorn ready for. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a good game. We should have it handled, but, you know, <laughs> you know, we're ready for it. You know, ready to go. We're just building our team up, you know. We'll be all ready to go. Got yeah. you. Well, hey, Bobby, I appreciate you coming to share the news yeah. with us. Congratulations on your you. commitment to Michigan. Thank you. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys, so you heard from Bobby there. He uh, he obviously, this is one that we kind of saw coming. Uh, our Alan True compares him to Matt Godin, but better, which, Steve, I think that's a glowing endorsement because Matt Godin had a solid Michigan career and actually played in the NFL for a few seasons as well. So if he's better than Matt Godin, uh, that winds up, or better prospect than Matt Godin, that winds up voting pretty well for, for, for Michigan here down the line. They've added a few guys like this and that sort of this mold too, I feel like, right? I mean, I think you could say Ted Hammond might be a similar type of prospect here in the in the 24 cycle. Um, and it's always – you always like some of the building blocks of your class to be guys who sort of say bleed maize and blue. I mean, how many times has Bobby Kanka been on Michigan's campus at this point? Probably double digits, right? And that's as a, as a recruit. I don't know. You know, maybe he goes to Ann Arbor – uh, in his free time also, I don't know. But either way, uh, you know, one of your guys up front, hometown kid who has clearly been a huge Michigan lean uh, for a long time. And, and yeah, hearing Allen's pretty glowing words about I, I got the impression that uh, Allen would have him as a four-star if it was, okay. if it was totally up to him, right? Um, so that's something to keep in mind, and we'll probably – that'll be on the board, um, you know, soon uh when we discuss this one so uh but either way really uh these are always kind of the ones that always i don't want to say they get lost in the shuffle but it's it's always a a significant kid to get a four-star caliber out of your backyard i know he's been a long time lean so it's not like a huge recruiting win you know over like a head uh, some head-to-head win over michigan state or whoever um but but sometimes the easiest wins on the recruiting trail are some of the most important so um Michigan just continues to just build up front, though. I mean, they are going to be signing a huge class in 24 up front, and uh, we know Kanka is far from the only guy uh, that they're eyeing, uh, particularly on the interior in 25. Yeah, shout out to Shea Patterson, who basically the Patterson family introduced the Kankas to the inner workings of Michigan uh, and really kind of helped them through the process. Uh, Shea... Uh, his dad, Sean, I mean, they were all over, uh, you know, endorsing Michigan. Even long after Shea's Michigan career, uh, they were doing the job to to convince this kid that Michigan was the place to go. And that played a, that played a significant role, Bryce, in, in getting this one done fairly early. I, I think the word I'd use to describe this pickup is just solid. He's a solid player. He's going to be consistent. He's going to be a big-time contributor from Michigan up front. And a lot of credit has got to go to Mike Elston. I mean, Mike Elston has been all over this recruitment. It's been a great bond with him, his family. And this is a guy that, you know, it's one thing to go on these trips and you do the photo shoots, you do the glitz and glamour, you do all that good stuff. But Bobby's been up there for several workouts for so many different things, film studies, learning already so much about the defense and 
you know, one Mike Elston's looking for up front. And I think he's got a really good understanding. And that connection alone, I think, really helped Michigan win this recruitment. Not saying if Mike Elston wasn't there, they still won it. But that was, I think, a big deciding factor in this recruitment. And overall, this again, this is a great start to 2025. You know, you got Montrez Walker down at Buford, who's a – I mean, that's a powerhouse of a high school, so that's a great end. Yeah, Chris Ewald is a top 100 cornerback from Southern Florida, and he's a legit, possibly, in my opinion, borderline five-star prospect. I think he's that good. And now you had a solid four-star prospect from right in your own backyard and Bobby Kanka, who's got the versatility to move up and down your line. He could bulk up and move inside, but this past season as a sophomore, he was playing edge and playing defensive, you know, defensive line. Is the big defensive line or def- big defensive end? So, I, I just overall I really like the start they got going on for the twenty-five cycle. Absolutely. All right, that was kind of a marathon session, which is fitting uh, given the uh, given the hiatus. There, we'll get to more of the Bob, more of the barbecue prospects: Avery Gack, Elijah Dotson. Uh, we will tackle some of those guys uh, in the next episode. In the meantime, in between time, you want to keep up with what's going on. Uh, with Michigan recruits got a an update coming. By the time this drops, you probably will have seen the uh, the VIP update on Bryce Underwood. Uh, maybe you will have seen the the full feature on David Sanders. Right? Uh, if you're hearing about those and you don't have a subscription to the MichiganInsider.com, today is your lucky day. Seventy five percent off an annual subscription. Over on TMI right now, it does not get any better. That is the best deal of the year, bar none. Get in now. That gets you through the season. That gets you through the early signing period. Uh, it, it obviously gets you through spring ball. I mean, all of the key periods, this 75% off deal gets you through. And for an added perk, you know, once the that trial period, that 75% period is is up, and you become a full pay member, you also get access to Paramount Plus. There's a great new show on Paramount Plus with one of my favorite actors, Zoe Saldana. On it is called Special Ops Lioness. Great, great perk for members of TMI, 24-7 sports full paying members. They also get access to Paramount Plus. So even once the, the promo period elapses you're still getting big time perks so get signed up over on the michiganinsider.com if you've been waiting no better time than the present especially with the season right around the corner folks uh, until next time if you like this podcast be sure to rate it be sure to review it be sure to tell all your friends about it google spotify itunes you name it they can get it in all those places of course if you like us on youtube like the youtube channel subscribe or subscribe to the youtube channel like the videos That way you get a notification every time we do them. And again, subscribe to the MichiganInsider.com. That's how you truly show love. Until next time, thanks for watching and thanks for listening to another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider.